And what happened to your face? It's nothing. Small cut. I, I, I walked into a door. Matt, every time you disappear, we can't get a hold of you on the phone, and I'm there working alone, you come in, you're all cut up. I, I'm in the fight club. Ben, it's the first rule of fight club. Don't talk about fight club. So you're, you're not in the fight club. You're out of it. You can't see the movie. I'm sure it's a funny joke, but I didn't see it. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Well, 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 Ben, we meet again. Yes, indeed we do. And we're revisiting, uh, shockingly, this is not the first time that we've watched Daredevil 2003. In and the past regrettably, three years. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, but early COVID days, we didn't really have a lot going on. So in between uh, bits and pieces of doing our 3,000-piece puzzle and me playing a shitload of video games, we were like just marathoning and mainlining movies like nobody's business. And as part of that, we did watch Daredevil and Elektra and did a drinking game uh, that involved a lot of drinking because basically like the rules more or less made us drink like every single time someone talked or fought or I don't moved. Remember. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think we actually have I like a more of the Electra movie, I think. Yeah, me too, because that that movie was like really like off the rails in yeah, in I ways that better. this wasn't. Yeah, I I thought so at the time too and I'm I'm interested to, you know, revisit it with, we'll a, get with fresh to eyes. It. If you will. This was, though, the director's cut. Yeah, and the last time we just watched the normal cut, um, which is a full half hour shorter. And I meant to do this before, but uh, I will be pulling up some differences in the cuts just to see, like, what we missed. It didn't feel, like, so long. No. No, I don't, I don't think it does. I think... Um, the original version probably felt too short, but I don't really remember that either. <laughs> and in fact, like a lot of it was comparing to, in my head, comparing to the TV show. And just want to give some grace for the movie because they're packing like a lot into two plus hours and the show has some time to build and do all this cool stuff. So like they they put a lot in. I mean, no one no one said they needed to, but like <laughs> Yeah, I think it was ill-advised uh to try to cover as much ground as they did because in the show, yeah, Kingpin, Electra and Bullseye Those all are have, all different seasons. Yeah, and they're I mean, all, obviously Kingpin's Kingpin's are recurring, but you know, yeah, exactly. They all have like a lot of time to breathe. I'm surprised they didn't throw in a Punisher. I know. This must have been movie. like right when the other Punisher movie came out so they didn't want to confuse anybody they're like oh we can't we can't do crossovers like that the audiences will be confused little did they know and now the only way that we get punisher stuff is uh, as like spin-offs of daredevil um yeah so i i actually thought this was like pretty solid you know if you can excuse a lot of the major 2003 isms like the like the inclusion of what i think are two evanescent songs along with the rest of the soundtrack and just, like, the general vibes, the costume for Daredevil, which is basically, like, a... It, it looks like, like, a one-piece, like, latex suit. You know, it's it's very much of its time. Again, I want to make comparisons to Green Lantern, and I constantly have to be like, Green Lantern came out so much later than this. Yeah. It's eight, embarrassing for Green Lantern. It is. It is. Like, these feel like they could have come out maybe three years apart. Yep. Which is a pretty, yeah, that's a pretty big indictment of Green Lantern for the movies that it's competing with being, like, uh, The Dark Knight Rises and Captain America, The First Avenger. Like, it was, yeah, it was released at the wrong time, about a decade too late. If it had come out when this came out, I think it would have been a lot more forgivable. But no. And somehow this guy, we talked about it in the Ghost Rider episode, but this is the same director as Ghost Rider, and I, I do wonder how that happened. This movie must have made money for them to be like, all right, yeah, man, come back, do another superhero for us. I definitely think so. Even though so. it got reviewed like shit. Like, here, take another crack at it. I. They also had the Electra spinoff, so. Yeah, yeah. All right, I mean, so it was I a time to... of, like, making moves with superheroes, and I don't think they were, like, known for making that much money at this point. Yeah, except for, like, Spider-Man. I think like the first Spider-Man made a lot of money. What year was that? 2002? 
2001. No, 2002. Yeah, it was 2002. Um, yeah, so let me just like run through some of the differences because the original director's cut was PG-13. The director's cut is rated R. Not sure why. Really? Yeah, I'm not not quite sure what, what made it there. So um, there was apparently a bunch of scenes. Well, not apparently. I should remember this from when we watched it, but hey, it was three years ago. Um, there were scenes like a, in confession between Father Stephen and Matt Murdock. Those all got cut. There was a sex scene between Electra and Matt Murdock that got cut. Um, that still got cut. What? In the director's cut. There that's wasn't what, wait, a sex scene. That's what I just said. This is, I'm, I'm reading off what they changed for the director's cut. They they removed that scene. That's was it saying. in the... In the original cut, there was one. So they... There what? was one, and then they removed that's it. That's so silly. Okay. Well, they, I think the, the director, uh, if, if you are to believe that Mark Stephen Johnson is an auteur who... You know, had his vision corrupted by the studio, uh, had to like make a lot of changes and was able to roll a lot of those back. And I'm assuming that they wanted more of like a strong romantic arc for them, and he didn't want that. Um, there's a scene where, as we noted, he's seen with his adopted mother, kind of. That was odd. Yeah, that was. That was there. That was I was very confused by that. I could have kept that also, out. Also, not adopted mother, his birth mother. Yeah, who I is a nun. wrong in that one. Um, I mean, we don't know in this. Like, no, it was no. very confusing. It felt like she had maybe done a sex act on him and then walked away. Like, it was, that was all very. You. I didn't get that vibe at all. For the record, it was weird. It was in the dark. She, he was in bed, and she like just pats him and is like, "Okay, be back later." It was a weird scene. I mean, but I didn't get sexual. We don't know. <laughs> we, we don't know. We don't know what happened. There's more scenes with the kingpin being like really brutal when he breaks those guys' necks. That wasn't in the original version. Yeah, that could that be a, rated R. That was a good scene. Um, Bullseye going through the metal detector. Was it a that good was, scene? It was. I didn't even get why it was happening. It doesn't matter. Okay. You know, it's like Vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin would also just like in a fit of rage, he like punched that guy to death in his car, and that guy didn't even do anything wrong. He was just a punching bag. He's a human punching bag. Um, the bar fight scene is longer and more violent. The fight scene in the playground is longer. Um, the scene where Foggy and Wesley talk at the party, that's new. Um, yeah, there's... Okay, scene. yeah, that felt... That did feel like I didn't remember that. Yeah, that was new. Um, all the stuff with Dante Jackson, played by Coolio, that's new. Breaking into the apartment of Lisa Tazio, that's all new. Like, everything to do with that trial was cut and added back in for this. I think that was a huge addition. The one with, uh, where Very he's, like, good. smashing the guy's car up in the parking lot, that's all new, which is crazy. That felt very, um, the Batman. Yeah, it did. I, I also, I don't even remember this, but apparently, like, probably a... a 90% of the reason it got an R rating is Bullseye's like, I want a fucking costume instead of I want a bloody costume. So there's that. I mean, he's Irish. He probably would have said bloody. Yeah. Electra Bullseye fight scene is longer. And then Bullseye gives her that weird kiss before he throws her off the roof. That's new. Was that for the director's cut? Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Um, the final confrontation between Daredevil and Kingpin is longer and more brutal. And then, um, yeah, the Dante Jackson being acquitted at the end. I mean, sure, like, there was some brutal stuff, but nothing compared to the TV show. Yeah, yeah. The TV show was, that was on another level. TV show's gnarly. Yeah, like when he cut that guy's head off at the car door. Yeah. Rough. I don't remember it. (laughs) That was, like, early on, too. That was, like, I think that was the producers of the show trying to, like, let everybody know what the deal was. Okay, well, let's start a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Let's go off your notes. You got fucking pages on pages of notes. Um, the credit music is really boring. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's, yeah, it suffers from like, you know. Why didn't you play a cool 2000s song then? I wasn't opposed to the Evanescence, the 2000s music. I think that was fun. Well, I think. And I'm I'm just making some shit up. As I said, like Spider Man, I think was an inspiration for like a lot of the this era of movies. And, that like, makes sense. The Raimi Spider Man movies had a great soundtrack. Like the score of those is like very especially memorable. the third one. 
Get on up. Yes. I mean, genuinely, yes. People remember that shit. Better without the music, though, if you know what I mean. (laughs) It is. If you know, you know. Watch that if you know, yeah. Um, But, like, the score was really well done. And, like, I still, like, think of it, like, when I think of those movies. And this felt like a five below version of it. They were phoning it in. Exactly. On the cheap. They make it sound epic, but, like, don't really put any thought into it. Just, like, horns and strings and blah. I mean, I guess, like, Marvel produced this for real. Not Sony. No, Sony. Yeah, or Sony Fox. wasn't involved in this one or Fox. Yeah, I don't um, think so. So they don't have a lot of money in two thousand three. That is very true. Yeah, things are not. They're constantly on the brink of bankruptcy. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, we start out with like a real Jesus Christ moment, which this is like they play with the timeline a little bit, which is fine and good for this type of movie. They start out present day. They do a flashback, and then they do, like, you know, one week before present day. It's like when you tune back in. And then they catch up to the present day at at some point. And present day is him, like, on the top of the church, wrapped around the steeple, and then he falls to the ground. But when we do that scene, like, IRL, he's not wrapped around the cross. He's, He's with Electra. So, come on, guys. And two... Are we really calling Daredevil Jesus Christ right now? Like, they had him, like, basically, like, crucified with, like, the blood dripping. I mean, basically. I mean, we've had, we get two stigmatas. We do. Two miracles. Big on that. Big on that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's a little ham-fisted for sure, but I I also appreciate that, even clunky as it was, they they leaned into the religious motifs for Daredevil. Yeah, it's, it's I only was right. Too. Yeah, it's only right. It wasn't uh, to the Constantine level, but, no, um, and but not even, quite as much as the show, even. Yeah, but um, again, that's also just a consequence of the time. Uh, one like side note for like pretty much all directors, at all cinematographers, that whole crew. They're just so horny for a church scene. Everyone loves a fucking church Everyone scene. Does love a church like scene. filming in a church, like going through a church. Like that's a great set piece. It's I iconic, think. yeah. It, it I'm not, it's not even a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, you can tell that like everyone is like, well, we could just do it at a church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense for Daredevil. Like, it definitely makes sense. But I just feel like sometimes there's churches and stuff that don't like really need to be. No. But fuck it, they look Especially cool. like supernatural stuff. Because yeah. it's like, oh, God's going to strike us down. Yeah. I I can't remember what that's called. When God strikes you down. What's the term? Strike out. <laughs> if you commit blasphemy, you get... What's the word? Extra smited. Item. Oh. Sm- smited? <laughs> smitten. God's smitten. just smitten oh. with you. <laughs> Um, how do we feel about uh, Jack Murdoch, Battle and Jack? Uh, very similar to the show, I thought. Almost yeah. identical, like plot for plot Yeah. with the thing. Uh, I couldn't remember if in the show he dies after and he gives up, if he also, if he won the fight or if he gave it up. He... I feel like we were more disappointed in show daddy. He refuses to throw the fight in the he show, does. I'm pretty okay. sure. I think it happens the same way. Yeah. Although I might be getting mixed up with Snatch, the only other no, every film boxing, or show that I know that... Every boxing movie has someone getting paid to throw a fight. But I haven't seen a lot of boxing movies. Do they do it in... Fo- is it Foxcatcher boxing? That's like wrestling. Oh. And uh, that's just Steve Carell being a weirdo. No, um, yeah, I, I liked this this version of his character. He's always just kind of like pathetic, but you know, he's like he's trying a little bit to help Matt. Yeah, but. and same with the show dad. Like, I think that's a through line. Like, he's doing his best single dad in like the '60s or '70s yeah. or whatever. Unclear. Um, they they're playing with like color and light in the movie, and I get. I think the the message was kind of like, oh, it's like, like dark, like kind of like being blind. Like you can't really see everything all the time. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe they didn't think that much. They just thought it was like moody, but I would have rather just been able to see what's going on. Hot take. (laughs) I like my movies to be 
very easily visible. Like, I, well, so I thought that the flashback, they wanted to make it look different, so they did it really muted, almost looking black and white, and then they had the really strong red. I'm like, what are we in Schindler's List? <laughs> they had the rose and the blood and then his, like, sh- like robes that yeah. were red, um, blood red. And I was like, this is kind of corny. The whole rose thing it's is kinda, so corny. The whole corny. movie's kind of corny. But yeah, they, they did lean into it. I Sin think, City did the same thing, you know? I, I honestly don't think, like, I've, I can, I feel like I can name a lot of things that have done, like, the black-white with the red standing yeah. out. It's, like, an easy mode for, like, striking visuals. Sure. But, right, it's easy. But they didn't, they didn't like, commit to it really uh, one way or the other, so it kind of suffers. Because you're like, what's the point of doing it now if we're not going to, like... I don't know. It doesn't like really mean anything. It's like, I get it. There's red. He's red, but <laughs> he's the devil. <laughs> um, I think it would have been cooler to do more of a juxtaposition of like when he was blinded, like having it be really bright as a kid. And then after he loses his sight, then like the color changes in the movie. Yeah. But that's a whole nother artsy lens. For sure. <laughs> that they weren't ready to do some shit. That could like also that. be very corny. Yeah. Um just I think I was taking, like, really two niche of notes for this one, at least in the beginning. Like, I'm questioning why the children in the streets care who his dad works for. <laughs> and, like, they're going to beat him up because his dad works for, like, the mob guy when I bet, like, every kid's parent is, like, hey, maybe one involved. of the Maybe that kid's parent is, like, a cop and he's like, fuck, I know that Jack Murdoch, he's a real piece of shit. He works for this yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. He's for I mean, Hector yeah, Salamanca. they definitely pick pick things up, basically. Which so is Fallon like under Fisk or he's like pre Fisk? I think they even say later like Fisk is is working for Fallon and then like works his way up. Because, I mean, because like right? the Rose and stuff. Well, I know there. that's yeah. Fisk. I think I think Fisk is under Fallon. That's I my think he that's says my that. interpretation yeah. of it. Because there's no way that Fisk was like at the top of the food chain like back then. Right. It's been like a significant amount of time. Um, yeah, I, I could have done, like, without the classic, like, 2000 CG sequence when Matt gets blinded. It was, like, really corny. It's, like, electricity running through his ocular nerves. I'm like, all right. I think the way that the show did it was, like, a lot more effective. I also, I can't remember, and it doesn't really matter, but it does, like, change the circumstances a little bit. If, and, well, I don't even know which one is more faithful to the comics but like in this one like he basically like causes the accident because he runs in front of the forklift in the show he's like saving somebody he's in the street street. right yeah Yeah. and i do think that like it's an interesting choice i'm like it doesn't really mean anything i don't think this was supposed to be like an overarching statement but yeah that's what i thought in the show it was was different (laughs) um I did think that they did a good job in the movie of explaining what happened to him, like what his like kind of powers are. Yeah. Because in the show, they're like too subtle about it. And they, he always just is like, I just have like a heightened senses. But like it is a power. They're they're fucking with it in the show because they didn't want it to be like, I got superpowers from radioactive waste, which is like what happened. But they don't even say that in the movie. He just explains like how he's able to, like, see things and, like, sense stuff. And I think the show could have taken a leaf there. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, like, they they had, like, the narration in the movie, which I didn't love, but it did help them get that out of the way. But in the show, they treated it like a plot point. Like, that was, that was like, a major it's a thing. Reveal. It's a like, We don't know. So then, like, when Foggy finds out, we find out. Or when he tells Claire, that's when we find out. So. Who's Claire? Uh, Rosaria Dawson's. Oh. character in the first <laughs> right. I think she's only in the first season maybe the second, second season, too. season too I think but uh yeah I, I I agree and I thought that this scene where he's like getting like the sensory overload is really cool and then having the the one thing that like cuts through it being the church bell yeah I was like, oh that was a nice touch yeah that was that was really cool I also noticed um at the the fight that Jack is supposed to be throwing he's fighting John Romita and John Romita is a Marvel Comics artist who's been, like, doing stuff for them for decades. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I thought that was a, a cool, little, cool little thing there. I don't understand how 
uh, Matt learn how to fight without stick. Yeah, um, I actually <laughs> was like, I just he got like way too good at it. He did, and I feel like I like made it up in my head that stick was in this movie, and I'm like, oh, he's just not. That I feel it, like Stick is kind of a character in the Electra movies, or there's like a Stick-like character. There might be a Stick in, in Electra, yeah, because well, because she's working for the Hand. She has like a mentor or whatever. Yeah, it's either, yeah, it's either sure. Stick or it's a character that's a shameless Basically, knockoff of yeah. Stick. But uh, it is kind of like a weird thing to cut. I mean, again, we're really pressed for time here. If if I was the one making this movie, I probably would have just deleted Bullseye if this was the version of Bullseye that we were doing. Bullseye brought down the whole movie. Which is a shame, because I really do love Colin Farrell. Yeah. It's, and um, sorry, it's Terrence Stamp who plays Stick. Okay, yeah, yeah, He's okay. Like Which they, yeah, I, I feel like this movie would have been better if they had taken a bit more time with that. Although, like, I hated Stick, like, in the show. I mean, I like that he was well, there, he's a total asshole. Yeah. Uh, I think they could have benefited from, like, having a planned two movies. If they said from the beginning, we want to do two Daredevil movies, and the first one we're going to do these characters, and the second one we're going to do these characters. Um, and I get that, like, they were on a wing and a prayer probably to even get the first one made, but I think they just, they they wanted to fit so much in, and they could have benefited from spreading out the love. That's how I feel about Fantastic Four and like its treatment of Doctor Doom and the second one for that matter. But, but that, I, I mean, that's a different thing though because they're not like doing too much. Like yeah. they don't have that much other stuff. I going guess for on, me, that I was like, like for me like jumping the gun kind of to like the the ultimate bad guy. You could even make the argument that like doing well. Not. Well, I think it was fine at this because they don't kill him. Yeah. No. It's not. It's not that. It's just yeah. They they were telling like. The entire Daredevil story in a very, very compact amount of time. And, like, I think at the time it was probably more easy to digest. But having seen the show, it's just like, well, you know how good that story can be when you take the time to tell it. Right. Even, in my opinion, if, like, the second season of Daredevil was, like, a bit of... It was too drawn out. But, you know, I, I would take that over a rush job any day. What do you think about... All of the flashback being all together. Because having now seen Guardians 3, where they do a perfect, like, sprinkling of the flashbacks, I'm like, I wonder how this movie would have done better if they had slowed it, again, slowed it down and, like, paced out the flashback. And then, like, they could have timed the Fisk reveal in the flashback with the Fisk reveal in the movie. I also thought they were, like, building to, like, a big reveal of Fisk in the movie. And then it was like, no, he's just here. They kind of did the thing where it was like, wait, like Wilson Fisk is the kingpin? And like when the guy was like saying that. Right, but, but like, like we don't know who Wilson Fisk is. Right. So they I did a bad job. I don't have any faith that this director and writers could have made it work well. Well, also they but, introduced him as the kingpin to the audience. Mm-hmm. And then the characters were like, wait, what? But like we already knew that, so we didn't care. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um... I guess if it was up to me and like, yeah, like totally it would kind of like require a complete rework of the movie. And that would be like an interesting thing to be like, if we are working with a two and a half hour time limit, like what story would we tell and how I think I would have like wanted to do something with, um, the, the way that Fisk is presented in this movie is he's like a business magnate. Like in the show, he's very much like, He's like a real estate guy and he has money, but like no one knows who he is. Like he doesn't have right. his name on he's a skyscraper, but in this, he is very much like that guy. And I think in the new show, Fisk is going to be like running for mayor and he's going to be like a bigger public name. Right. So, but in the beginning of the show, no one knows who he is. Yeah. Even though he is, like has his like empire. It's like show companies. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't want the no, notoriety. No one knows his name. And um, I think I would have like wanted to start the movie with like, we see like Wilson Fisk first, like in the community and maybe like we see him and Farrell. No, what's his name? Wesley. No, the other mob guy, the Fallon Fallon. Like we see them like, like a younger Fisk and like Fallon or something. And they're like doing their thing, but like, we don't know. Like, yeah, I, I would, I totally agree that like building more tension to be like, Oh, like we get to know who Wilson Fisk is. Maybe he helps, 
like bankroll the law firm or something. He has some ulterior motive. And then it's like, oh, psych. Like we thought he was like, okay, but actually he was working for him the whole time. And he was the one that killed Jack. Ah, yeah. I, it seemed like they were doing more of a reveal because they don't show you Wilson Fisk when they kill Jack, but then immediately in the present, they're like, this is Wilson Fisk, he's Kingpin. Yeah, yeah. So I, it just seemed like they were going for something like that and then kind of pivoted. They're like, we can't make it work. Fuck it, just tell him. Yeah, I think there was some there were some opportunities there to make it work, but no, the, the, this movie just didn't have the, the oomph to pull that off. There's no like big reveal, really. The cryogenic coffin in the basement of a church is a nah for me. It's a it's a sensory deprivation tank. Yeah, but it they made it look like a coffin. Well, yeah, but I actually think it makes a lot of sense for for to have it sure to sleep in it. But yeah, I think I wonder if the scene there's like a scene in the third season of Daredevil I think where he's like in some coffin looking thing like the basement of the church like hiding or something. I wonder if that's an homage. Maybe. That's in, like, the last season. Yeah. Is that the third season? Yeah. Um, The version of Josie's Bar that we get is extremely Very different, different from Netflix. Uh, I would have actually wanted to go to the Netflix version. It seemed like a nice dive bar. And this one, it just seems like a fucking biker bar nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> it felt right for this movie. It felt it, right for a comic it book. It does, though, doesn't it? It yeah. also felt like the Ghost Riders bar. Absolutely. I also just think it's really funny that um, in this movie they acknowledge, you know, he's in Hell's Kitchen. I was, he's like, I was born and raised in Hell's Kitchen. Now, but the, the developers are calling it Clinton now. That was very funny. But like, the soul of the neighborhood never changes, and I don't even think that the show would even try to do that because the gentrification in. 2003 Hell's Kitchen versus the gentrification in 2015 Hell's Kitchen is probably, you know, it's been quintupled um, and no one, there's there's not anything happening in Hell's Kitchen. Also, the idea of Daredevil only patrolling Hell's Kitchen will forever be hilarious because it's right. like six blocks. <laughs> well, it, He's really busy. The only thing I could argue for that is like, that's about how far he can hear. Sure. But what about when he goes like down south? Okay. And he's like, no, that's in that's Batman's. That's in Red Hook. I don't know where Red Hook is. It's like, no, I can't. I can't go. Yeah, exactly. That's somebody else's job. I'll let Frank take care of it. You know. In the show, I feel like they paint Matt Murdock like he's maybe the most incredible attorney to ever serve justice. <laughs> and in this, he does. He's not a good attorney. I kind of disagree about the show. About the show. Portrayal. I think a lot of that is in, like, how Charlie Cox plays him. But at the end of the day, like, there's so many times in the show where he doesn't show up to court. Well, no, not that. And the same thing happens. Like, Foggy is, like... No, that is across the board. But I mean, like, even when he's being a lawyer, Charlie Cox uses the fact that he knows that they're lying to ask better questions to get them to reveal it. Mm -hmm. Ben Affleck knew he was lying and just was like, well, he's lying. I'll get him in the streets. Yeah. You know? Like, he's just, like... They both have a, like a, an arms, like they're both, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like not that, like apathetic towards law because they're like jaded and they have this whole other like side thing. But I feel like in the show, Charlie Cox, when he's there, he's like, looks like a better lawyer. I agree with you there. Yeah, he definitely, like, makes more of an effort. Yeah, and this one, I'm like, why are you guys even trying to be attorneys? Like, you clearly are not, like, about it. Which, half the time, I feel like that in the show. Yeah. And they play with that. But, like, even Foggy, like, Foggy in the show is way more competent. I mean, I love John Favreau, and that's just kind of his way of acting. Yeah. <laughs> but. Like, I wouldn't want these guys to be my lawyers. No. But in, I would take the show. In versions. the show, yeah, they're definitely, it's different. Yeah. Okay. I thought the sound design during the fight at Josie's Bar was really cool. Um, like, every time, like a, like, a gun would fire, you'd, like, it would, like, focus in on that, and then, like, the sound would, like, kind of, like, wash out and get, like, real quiet. With the bikes. And it's really cool when they do that, but, like, for the entire movie, like, the visuals are just, like, too much. The flashing lights. It just lights. doesn't fucking stop. It's the flashing lights. It's the cuts. I'm, like... Why? 
And it's, I mean, this still happens, but I'm like, why are you like allergic to just like long shots in a fight scene? Like this is like this fight scene in the bar is like they're having a doubles do it. I know, but it's like like you know Ben Affleck's not doing. But he's got a mask scenes. on. Like they could, they could have made it work. It's just like a scene like that is like begging for like longer takes, and they just like refuse to let it breathe. And yeah, superhero movies now still do that. They they can't except for in the show. Except for in the show. Yep, exactly. They do their one takes, mm-hmm. but... Um, I mean, that that's just like a superhero thing, though. Like, all those cuts and, like... I know, but it's just, like, exhausting. And it I, makes the fight look less impressive. Yeah, because I'm like, it's... Yeah, like, it, it, it's inherently, like, way cooler. Like, in, there's, like, little bits and pieces, like, in, in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Like, there are fight scenes where it doesn't even have to be, like, a full one take. But, like, if someone's doing, like, a cool combo... And you like let that play out without cutting. I'm like, okay. Like, Shang Chi does Shang-Chi. some good fight yeah. scenes. Like, well, it's like dancing, right? And it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like a here's a five minute one take well, of this fight. But like, we're about to watch Black Widow, and I feel like they really do a lot of fight scenes. But like, you expect that, right? I don't think they're cutting as much in those. I'm gonna have to watch for that, especially like when they have all the girls. Like they're like doing like pretty intense fight scenes. It seems. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I guess keep an eye out for it. Like in the prison scene, I feel like we see a lot of the fight. Like it, they're not like constantly the cutting. Prison scene? When they escape, when um, what's his name escapes? Oh, David yeah. Harbour. Yeah. Yeah, I got little bits and pieces that I don't remember. Okay. So this version of Ben Urich doesn't seem right. It's <laughs> so weird. What's with the fucking hat? That is so 2000. No one has ever worn that hat and looked good in it. He certainly doesn't look good in it. He looks weird. He looks better when he's like at the gala. Yeah. He's an odd looking guy. I want to get, can we, can we come back to that for sure, a second? Sure, sure, sure. What you got? Well, I'm still on like the courtroom stuff and wanting to talk about the show versus the movie. Okay. Okay. Um, I think in the, in the show, they're like doing this whole subtle tug and pull about justice. Like that's his whole thing is like. I want to get them in court. Like, I want them to go to jail. But, like, when they don't, then I'm going to... They're going to get justice served to them by me, Daredevil. And that's the same premise in the movie. But I feel like in the movie, it's, like, it's either court or on the street. And somewhere in the show, it gets, like, way more subtle. And it kind of falls apart for him because he he's he's, like... Doing both or, like, neither or whatever. Mm-hmm. In the movie, he's, like, acting like the Punisher. Like, he fucking kills that guy. Yeah, in the train. Yeah. yeah. Like, which is so drastically different than the show's Charlie Ch- Cox's... Uh, what? Ah. Wait, were you about to say Charlie Chaplin's? Charlie Cox. I know you did, but I thought I heard it. Yes. I Yeah, totally. And I... I when we were watching that scene in the subway, I was like, wait, did he like actually just like throw that guy in front of a train? I was like, this feels yes. wrong. It feels like when um like when Ben Affleck's Batman is killing people. Like it's not Wow. We're seeing a theme. Yeah, we are. And uh I I don't know if it's I, I I'm like looking something up and it's like I guess he didn't kill Kingpin or he didn't kill Bullseye. Like at the right. end of the movie, but I'm like, it feels like he's trying to kill him. Because he threw like, him out of I the think window. he was okay if he had died. If he didn't, yeah, exactly. Which I'm like, in the show, he like spends the entire time agonizing over Whether killing he's one kill guy. Kingpin, yeah. Like, and he, I guess he did, in the show, he does kill one guy, but he doesn't die because he's fucking immortal. <laughs> the Nobu, the ninja oh, guy. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, that's like his whole thing. Is that he'll... <laughs> And, and that's Punisher's whole argument is like, well, you'll beat them to an inch of their life and I just put them out of their misery. Like, what's the difference between you and I? Right. That's uh, some of the best part of that show is him and Punisher like arguing about that. And I just feel like they do this whole thing about like not going to confession, which Charlie uh, Cox loves going to confession. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like wanting to atone for killing this guy. And I'm just like, are you, do you feel bad about it? Like, 
I don't. I guess a little bit. I just don't think they did a very good job like hammering that in. Yeah, and that's again like we're in a shorter timeline, but I was just surprised that he was killing people. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel right. Because <laughs> also, it, like, what what are you saying about justice? Because like, if they had gone to jail, they wouldn't have. He wouldn't have been killed. So, do you even want him to serve a prison sentence? Because that's what Charlie Cox is like. At least initially, trying to do is to get them to like get the like a punishment. Right. Yeah, that's his whole thing. So I don't know. I don't okay. know what they were trying to do with this character here. And it's really funny that, like... Because that's the take my favorite like, stuff of the show is, like, those intellectual, moral, ethical arguments that he's having with himself. Yeah. And it's it's just, like... Like, I just mentioned Batman, who, like... You have you have a number of superheroes that have, like, the no-kill policy. It's not, it's not a ton, but you got Daredevil, you got Batman. Like, those are, I feel like, the main ones that, like, are staunchly against it. Well, and I think part of that was, like inherently releasing comics during that time you couldn't kill people they had to make them a certain level sure per the comics code authority yeah but even now like the fact that you have a daredevil movie where he's killing people you have a batman movie where he's killing people but then they took like the the green arrow show and made him be like i'm not gonna kill people anymore but he starts out he's not a guy that historically has that (laughs) problem it's I feel still, like that's a CW thing being like, we can't keep airing that. I guess, but I feel like he's, he, not everyone else has that policy. Right, because they like, have Deathstroke who's like fucking murking people left right, and right. But he's a villain, so. I don't know if that matters for like ratings. Yeah, probably not. And then like, well, I guess like Spider-Man is like, I don't like killing people, but at least the of Tom course, Holland he's Spider-Man. a child. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But it's almost like refreshing when you have like a, you have a superhero that can't get in like this intellectual debate with a Punisher type or like in Peacemaker. He's like, yeah, like how many people has Batman killed by not killing the Joker? <laughs> like, like you have that argument. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's, that's what Frank's whole thing is. Is like you, you put someone in jail and they get back out and they might do the same thing again. But Matt's like, what if they don't though? Like, what if they do like get rehabilitated? Um, and yeah, it's like almost, it's not worth the little bit of effort that they put into it trying to tell that story in this movie because if you don't if you don't make it clear that like Matt has regretted killing the person, it doesn't matter. Like it's just why even include that sequence at all? It was very confusing to me. Yeah. Um Also I've, he would never leave a calling card. Right. The flaming D D in the ground like so goofy. Okay, so you want to talk about Ben? The other Ben? The ben other Ben. Yurik. Yeah. Um, ben Yurik, one of he was a great part of the first season of Daredevil, and it was it was sad that he got killed um, at the end of that I season. I think two seasons. No, that was the whole thing. In the last episode of the first season, he gets... Those I guess spoilers so for, for Daredevil, I guess, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if anyone cares anymore, but... Um, I mean, we did an episode. I'm sure everyone listened to it. If you haven't yet, this would, that would be a good companion piece. I liked this Ben. I thought he was good. Yeah, the hat was a little silly, but I was forgiving of it. Yeah, I actually, I think, like, visually, I was just like, I can't take him seriously. But he was, like... He is working for the post. Right. But I liked liked his his take on the character. He's friends with Kevin Smith. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Great inclusion for that, too. I'm sure he was ecstatic. Now, what would be more fun to me, and I this is not anything against Ben Yurik's character, but like it would be more fun if Daredevil crossed over with Eddie Brock as the reporter. That would be shocking. That would be really cool. Like if in comics that was like how it worked. Yeah. Like Eddie Brock was the one that like constantly was reporting on Daredevil. I don't know if Eddie Brock is like a good journalist in the comics universe, though. Even better. Like I feel like that's why he like gets venomed. He's he's like always like not. He's yeah. Well, he's definitely he's second, shitty. Second fiddle. In well, the in, the, in the movie. movie, yeah. In in both in both movies, but definitely in Spider Man Three, he's a, what a, what a hack he is. Yeah. That would be pretty cool though. I can't believe that the playground fight scene happens so early in the movie. And I had this in my notes, and I feel like it's we've even earlier. I think in the other cut. Yeah. 
I mean, it's got nothing on the the Catwoman basketball scene, but it is weird that like these two movies released same year, maybe, maybe a year apart, have a scene where there's like superheroes or you know at least one superhero having like this weird, sexually tense show showdown with a prospective romantic partner while they're surrounded by a bunch of children cheering them on. What's that all about, huh? I mean, I guess someone needs to say it, so I will. Why is Jen always just wearing a camisole during fight scenes? <laughs> Good point. Unclear. A man directed it, that's why. I mean, yeah. Like, meanwhile, Daredevil is head to toe in clo- clothed <laughs> yeah, at all times, correct. even when he's not Daredevil. Like, th- there is no need for her just to be wearing a camisole. They go underneath clothes. I know it's like 2003, but... Still. Um... Really didn't like that. It, it's on. It's in her later scene too, when she's with the sword. She's also just wearing like a teeny tiny camisole crop. A crop camisole. Come on, come on, Mark. Um, a really important note. I don't want to forget. <laughs> There's this part where Ben Affleck goes back to his apartment, church. And <laughs> turns on his answering machine, and this girlfriend, yes, ex girlfriend, is like breaking up with him. And she sounds like, now this, follow me, everyone. <laughs> in Friends, Jennifer Coolidge, mostly now known for White Lotus, is doing a fake British accent. And that sounds like this girl. She's like, um, I catch me on my mobile. Um, I'm so sorry to say, I think, I think we're breaking up. Oh, oh, I'm going through a, a tunnel and uh, my aluminium isn't working. <laughs> Like I'm going through the channel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just it wasn't as uh, egregious. I don't know. She went through like seven accents. But it was all over the place. I was like, you have. I'm sorry. You have one job as a voice actor to just say these lines, and you're like, Whoa. yeah. What the fuck happened? Were they dubbing that take like an hour before the movie premiered? I feel like they must have been dubbing it, like or something, but or somebody, like a robot. Somebody was heard doing that and they were like, oh yeah, that's the one. It just sounded very odd. Very weird. I forgot about that. God. I think the Electra intro in general feels very forced. Like her coming to the coffee house, this weird meet cute, her not realizing he's blind, but then still being kind of snarly with him. And then is like, I don't care if you're blind. I'm going to fight you because you asked me for my name. Also, I'm hiding from my bodyguard. Like they just threw a lot in. That's the that's the thesis statement that we have for this movie is they threw a lot in and some of it worked and some of it didn't. Like I'm I think they could have made Electra like more smoothly integrated into the plot here, but they did like a really weird roundabout way of explaining who she is and why she like is like in this situation with Kingpin and how her dad is involved and it's all just like so obtuse. I feel like it's there could very have been like forced. a really, yeah, and it, it didn't need to be forced. I think there are ways that they could they could have made this work. This this movie like I think could have if they got someone else to like do a little rewrite of it, not a little rewrite, a big rewrite. Um, it could have it could have shined a bit more. Too bad. The one thing that they can't fix is fucking bullseye. I want to complain about bullseye now, even though I did before. Okay. Um, I have very few notes on him because I just couldn't even. The only thing that I really remembered about his character was him killing the guy with like the paper clips at the beginning oh, right. and then and his the tattoo. stigmata at the end. And yeah, where he's wearing a scar on his forehead. I know. And I, I feel I have a feeling that I, I have no proof for that. The Netflix version of Bullseye was like a really... He was scary. He's a very He's a serial great killer. take on his character. But yeah, it was very much like leaning into like this dude's a psychopath. And I don't know if that is like always who Bullseye is. Like, I he's mean, not he's a, very, a psychopath in this, just like very... A, but in the Netflix version, he's not a very like uh, comic booky villain. Yeah. He's just like this guy who is on the warpath and Fisk like manipulates him. I think the best thing they did with him is just let him be Irish. Yeah. Yeah, that that's great. But it's just like everything else about him. The yeah, the forehead thing, the outfit, just like all of his his all of his mannerisms. I'm just like Colin Farrell is a good actor. 
And I, I think that if they had like taken a more serious version of Bullseye, he could have done like a really good job with it. But it's just so goofy that even though he is like probably the the most significant like physical threat in this movie, I don't take him seriously. Who does like in Bruges and all those movies? Uh, Martin McDonough. Yeah, if he had done like a character like in a Martin McDonough movie where he's like very quietly scary. Like he still does like the paperclip thing, but like he's not so ostentatious about it. I think that could have been really compelling and like almost in the shadows doing it, which is why like he is able to frame daredevil because they don't ever see him because he's just like, you know, foot up on the wall, toothpick in his mouth, like just quietly doing his little thing. Mm -hmm. Not like standing in the middle of the street, throwing the baton and somehow, Electra doesn't see him, even though he's right there. Yeah. Fighting Daredevil, not three seconds prior. Yeah, I think uh, what I would want out of his character doesn't really mesh with the movie that they were making. But again, it's like really hard for me to detach from the other interpretations of the characters that I've seen. And that version of Bullseye was just really fucking good. I don't, I, I do think it doesn't fit with the movie because like, they're not, it's not so ostentatious. Like, Fisk is, like, very based in reality for the most part. Even Electra, they do, like, all of, like, the theatrics with it. But she's, like, still, like, basically a normal person. Yeah. And, like, Daredevil, it, like, has a funny costume. But he's, like, still, like, normal. Yeah. Like, it's not so over the top, yeah, you're I don't right. think. Also, he's over the top. Yes. Bullseye. For sure. He's the only one, really. Yeah, that's right. The this also this movie has two sequences that we don't often see in superhero movies anymore, which is like the suit up slash just like little combat montage. And we so we get one with Daredevil like putting all of his stuff on and he's just like standing in front of like a non It's very Batman to me. And then we get one with Electra where she's like in a camisole and like there's like punching bags and stuff in an empty apartment. And I'm like and that's playing Bring Me to Life by Evanescence. Which is just like so. I enjoyed it. I mean, come on, can can you get more early two thousands? You can't. You can't. You, can't. you, you really can't. can't. It also felt like Tomb Raider. Yes. Um, she sounds like a Mexican appetizer. Really great, Foggy. <laughs> yes, electric nachos. You know. I also really like John Favreau as Foggy. Oh yeah, he's great. And I actually forgot he was in it. I he's, forgot he he's, was Foggy. He's like the best part of this movie, maybe. The, At least the best like comedic part. I think my favorite moment is the mustard thing where he gives him quote unquote honey, but like Matt Murdock knows it's not honey. Adds a ton of mustard into his coffee and then switches it to get very back at him. Sneaky. It's very funny. I liked when he was standing on the stairs at Electra's dad's party thing and it's just like weirdly caressing the statue. <laughs> it's just great. He's great. Yeah. Him and Kevin have been, they've been on a journey together. They truly have. They truly have. I will say this about Colin Farrell, Firth, Farrell. He's really enjoying himself. As he should. He's having As fun. As he should. Yeah. I absolutely. Think. If you're playing a character like that, I hope you are. Because if you're playing a character like that and you're not having fun, you're fucking miserable. I just think he gives it his all. He does. Because he's a good actor. Yes, indeed. It's not like what I want, but he's like doing what he was like probably told to do. Absolutely. Hamming it up. Oh, this was one of the quotes I wanted to include, but we went with a different one. <laughs> when it rains, it feels like there's a rooftop on the world. Incredible. What does that mean? I don't fucking like know. Like everyone's on a rooftop? Or what about just being outside? <laughs> don't know it sounds nice it sounds pleasant that's all it means i forgot i wrote some of these notes down matt murdoch is annoying no matter who's playing him shitty partner to foggy i mean yeah he's annoying that's his thing he's like he's just like very unreliable he's inconsistent he is and he's a liar he's flaky he's a flagrant liar yeah he's really good at that why don't you go to confession for that and yet all of that, Matthew. maybe not in this so much, but in the show, you know, you want to root for him. 
but he's he self sabotages like a motherfucker. I want to root for him more in the movie. In yeah. the TV, he's like the bad guy. Well, we spend a lot of time. I really don't like him. Well, we spend so much time with him in the movie where we see like Karen and Foggy being like, "Why is our friend being mean or distant?" Like and like we, such a jerk. But in the movie, we don't really get that. He's not as much you know, of a Ellen, jerk. Ellen but Pompeo is barely here. I know, such a non-character. It's really sad. Like, why have another woman? You know what I, I mean? Know, right. What's the point? I do like that a pacemaker will bring down Matt Murdock. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was it. I feel like they kind of played with something with that in the show, but it was not as... It was a little bit more subtle. There were the the mythical hand ninjas oh, they could who slither. could like, stop their heart. Yeah. That, that was more over the top than anything in this movie. That whole scene. Just That's, get a pacemaker. That was the worst part about the Netflix show was like the hand stuff, which is why I think the third season is my favorite because they just got rid of that completely. I don't think uh, Ben Affleck is as good at the blind acting as Charlie Cox is. No, Charlie, Charlie Cox is super He's convincing. just a really good actor. Like Ben Affleck is perfectly fine, but I wouldn't consider him a very good actor. He's yeah. normally playing the exact same thing. Yeah, he's a he's serviceable he's ben Affleck. for sure. Um, a the, surly boy from Boston. <laughs> yes, indeed. The um, the plot that I just I think I read earlier that it was added back to the director's cut where he's like smashing up the dude's car and he has the pacemaker. Um, I I like that that was kind of like revisited in the show where you have like all the people that are like on Kingpin's payroll are like working for him, happy to work for him and are like reaping the benefits, but they're also like terrified of him. Yeah. And I just like, I always like, yeah, I'd rather be like, dead. Yeah. You have like these underlings and it's like, no, you don't understand like how far his influence goes. And in the show it was the same thing. Yeah. And that was so effective in the show where it's like, you'd have these people that we thought we could trust like in the FBI and stuff. And then it's like, Oh no. Like, yeah. Shit. Everyone can slip. Too. Right. Yeah. Um, ew, horrifying. Electra's death is one way too brutal, I think, for this movie. Like, him going, like, up through her stomach with the swords is, like, way too brutal. And then that kiss was just the most horrifying and disgusting thing. It was pretty gross. Since watching The Crow. Yeah. Like, it was just awful. Like, it was so disgusting. Like, it should not have been included at all. I mean, it is pretty out of place for this movie. I think... In another movie, that could have worked because, like, Bullseye is, like, that's, like, the point. But, yeah, it's, I could see why they removed that. Yeah, I I was going to say, I don't remember Electra getting, like, stabbed through like that. So that that must have been. Like, that was really gruesome. Yeah, And then to add that on to the end, I was like, this is just, this is despicable. Despicable? (laughs) Yeah, I was just, I was horrified of that. Yeah, it's just, like. You're one. We're we're constantly objectifying her and women in general in these, and then like you're gonna brutally murder her, and then give her this like kiss so you can get what you want. Like I, it was just so unnecessary. Like it, it's basically just like raping her before killing her. I mean, it's like the tamer version of that. Yeah, it's just like it, it was just like not necessary. Sure, I get it. It's like when uh, it's like when that uh character in Jurassic World gets like the worst death. For no reason. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. She was not like that, but she like didn't do anything wrong. And then they like Just go out like, of the way mm-hmm. to give her like, she gets like fucking destroyed by like three different dinosaurs. And everybody was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Not quite the same, but yeah, I agree. Fucking absolute unit of a church organ. By I the know. Way. I forgot like, about on. that. He I, looks like Ant-Man with the organ. He does. And I, I do. That was one of the the other pieces that I remember from our first watch through. It was like, oh, my God. Like, how fucking big is this thing? Also, is this not identical to Venom 2? Identical. It's Well, in a way, the comparison that I made was to Spider-Man 3. Uh, but it is identical to Venom in 2. In Venom 2, he's saying, what are you scared of? They're talking about fear because that's like his whole thing. And the noise, it, it bothers Venom, t- Venom not, or, or whatever, Woody Harrelson's character, not Daredevil. Yeah. But, like, they do the gonging thing and because in, it... in Spider-Man 3, they do that. Oh, Spider- yeah. I was conflating he, all of these, I think, together. Spider-Man 3, he hits the pipes and Venom's in the yes. middle of it, and that's, like, oh, well, how he gets there. Oh, Venom, yeah. yeah. Duh. And I'm like, who would have thought you could defeat Daredevil and Venom in the same way? 
Both I mean, I'm just saying we're waiting noises. for a crossover with Eddie Brock. Any day now. Any day now. The last note that I had was the scene where Daredevil finally goes and confronts Kingpin, and I'm skipping over the, you took my hands, have mercy, <laughs> from Bullseye, which is maybe his best line delivery. Um, the one time that they like pull back on the music is for this fight scene, and I was like, good job, guys. For the Fisk you, fight scene? Yeah, I was like, you made the right call, because they could have easily just thrown another Evanescence song over that, <laughs> but they didn't. I thought it was a pretty good fight scene. It, it did remind me a lot of the of the TV show. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I you know. can only like Kingpin is just like a brute. Like he fights yeah. one way, and they they were faithful to that. Like I was kind of well, we already talked about this. Like hoping for like a bit better of a payoff for Fisk. Like he didn't seem as consequential in this um, movie. Like I was never scared of him um, because we didn't get that much time to be scared of him. Like, I just, yeah, we didn't get to see his reach the same way, which we already talked about. For sure. Um, I thought that the Wesley, which I only know this now because of watching the TV show. If we had just seen this, like, you know, out of context. Well, I think when we watched this the first time, you hadn't seen the show, right? Right. I hadn't. Oh, I'd seen, bits like, and, bits of bits it. And pieces. But I love the character of Wesley in the TV show. Like, I think he's an excellent actor and just really great characterization. And this, he's, like, just sad and pathetic. And I'm like, oh, the TV show Wesley's so much more interesting. I mean, it didn't matter for this. Like, he didn't need to I know, to be, but, he's, but he's very meek. And it's crazy that, like, in the show, he's only in it for, like, eight episodes. Really? But, because... So yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't last very long. But, like, he is... Yeah, his, he was very good. He's very like creepy and good at his job. I, I, he, his delivery of like we don't say his name is like I always I love that. Yeah, he's great. And this Wesley is just like a, a nothing. I'm like why? Yeah. I'm like why does Kingpin even employ you, man? You're like a little he's worm. a yes man, I guess. Um, sad for Coolio getting cut out. That was really my last note. Uh, his like thing on the subs is funny with like Foggy and I'm like Foggy you don't even deserve this you didn't even want to represent him no. which is the same as Foggy in the TV show yeah like I had the same criticism yep um, yeah I didn't really have notes at the end but I, I liked the bit with Ben Yurick writing the article and not naming Matt Murdock like I thought that was a nice touch he just deleted the whole thing yeah he's a he's a cool bro and then a bullseye kills a fly with a needle. So they were like kind of like leaving it open for a yeah. sequel. Like you know, they like implied that Electra was alive and stuff. But I do wonder what happened that they just decided to do the Electra spinoff and not not just like do a direct sequel. I think because the Electra spinoff did even worse. So then they were like, no one wants to see this. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And maybe Ben was like, I don't want to. I'm, I'm holding actually, off for Batman. They Ben Affleck shot a cameo role for the Electra movie, but they cut it. Oh, I thought there was a thing with him in it. There might be a flashback with like archive footage. And Affleck was like, I would only come back to do Daredevil if Fox was like willing to do like a darker take on it. Oh, so wait, did Fox produce this? Oh yeah, I guess so. Oh, so it wasn't just a straight up Marvel. No. We didn't have Marvel Studios yet. No, we did not. Not quite. Well, maybe it existed, but they weren't. They were probably like planning stuff. Well, they were right, because like we had Howard the on. Duck. Yeah, just Marvel. Well, no, Studios, they weren't. They weren't Marvel it? Studios. That was like, no, like Marvel Studios, like as a division, was like created, I think, in the two thousands. But they were like at this point in time, they were probably like just figuring out like what they wanted to do. Was Hulk the first Marvel Studios? Iron Man was. Then what was Hulk? Hulk was Marvel Studios. That was the same year, but it came out after Iron oh, Man. Oh, so Iron Man was really the first yeah. Marvel Studios. Yeah. I thought they had done some other stuff that, like, failed like this. No, I don't think so. Um, let's see. 2006, Ben Affleck said he would never reprise the role. Uh, by playing a superhero in Daredevil, I've inoculated myself from ever playing another superhero. Wearing a costume was a source of humiliation for me and something I wouldn't want to do again soon. Oh, really? Interesting. Despite this, he would later go on to play Batman. <laughs> Yeah, everyone seemed to be like, not, not super uh, stoked Luke about Warm. doing it again. Michael Clark Duncan was like, maybe I'd do it. Um, Is that who played uh, Kingpin? Kingpin, yeah. But he didn't want to gain the weight again. 
He was like, maybe if they pay me $20 million, I would do it. But apparently he played... <laughs> wow. He voiced Kingpin in an episode of like a Spider-Man animated series, so that was cool. I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio is like unmatched, honestly, as Fisk. Yeah, you can't. Like, he's incredible. You can't outdo him. It's impossible. I mean, that's how like we're ending up in this situation where we have another Daredevil show that they're both in and no one's even sure if it's going to be like the same thing or not, but it's like, yeah, what else are you going to do? Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio have like made those characters. Yeah, like they've theirs. really embodied them. Like the other characters are honestly really replaceable to me. Um, except for Vanessa, who they did replace. Yeah. That was a or she's just like not going to be in it or whatever. No, she's going to be in it, but Ugh. different. The other actress is busy. Yeah, whatever. And then her show got canceled, so she's not busy, but contracts were already signed. Yeah, hopefully the other one does a good job, but it was fun to revisit this. Um, yeah, hard to not make just like constant comparisons in my head to the show the whole time, but... I mean, I feel like everyone else is, so I hope you're not annoyed that that's what we did the whole time. Yeah. How could we not? Can you blame us? But yeah, we hope you enjoyed this one. Um, I'm sure in due time we will get around to watching Electra once again and seeing how that stacks up. There's no director's cut of Electra. Regrettably. I still think I liked it, so I, uh, I'm going to stand by that feeling. Yeah. You stand by what you said last year, three years ago. Um, all right. Well, until next time. We are out, out of, of the, the Superverse. superverse.